Our scripture today comes from the chapter of Mark, or the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a coat that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a coat tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the coat? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Happy Palm Sunday. Um, uh, appreciate you waving your palms. I don't think I'm going to make anybody walk around like the kids, but thank you for taking part in, uh, in Palm Sunday. It's, uh, it is a, a loaded Sunday for sure. The Sunday before Easter, it just looks so good at first, doesn't it? Um, and things during this Holy Week start to seem to go terribly wrong. Uh, not as planned, not as the disciples would have wanted it to go. If you read, uh, I, I believe there are 87 total chapters uh, if you add up all four of the Gospels. And um, like 30-something of those chapters have to do with the last three years of Jesus' life. And 20-something of those chapters have to do with the last week of Jesus' life. So something is happening during this week. It's very, very important. I won't be able to touch on all of it this week, so I, I do want to remind you, if you can, Thursday night right here, we're going to take communion together. Um, we're going to remember Jesus' words to love one another. That's what Thursday communion, Holy Thursday communion is all about. And then on Good Friday, Friday night, come join us in the sanctuary as, uh, as we remember really the last day or so of Jesus' life on earth as far as his physical life um, from the upper room to, uh, to his death on a cross. They're both very, very powerful and I think they'll help set us all up and get us ready for, um, for Easter Sunday. I want you to pray with me right now if you would. Hosanna, Lord. Hosanna, save us, O oh God. Show us the path and the way 
Not the easy way. But the beautiful way, oh God. God, thank you for the donkey, for the disciples, most of all for Jesus Christ, who doesn't just usher into Jerusalem, but rides into all of our lives this week. May we receive him with shouts of Hosanna. In Christ's name, amen. So, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John all have the story in them of Jesus' triumphal entry. Now, you know if all four Gospels have the story, then it's important, right? Something's going on. But they all tell it in a slightly different way. And it's interesting, uh, the differences, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But the thing that strikes me about Mark, and what I want us to focus on just for a few minutes, is that Mark devotes about half of his verses, not to the parade itself, but to what? Going to get the donkey. He calls two of his disciples on donkey detail. Now look, he says, just outside Jerusalem, just when he's about to make his entrance to be hailed the king, Hosanna, he grabs two of his disciples and they're eager. What do you want us to do, Jesus? Now look, here's what I want you to do. You're going to go up and uh, you're going to find in a certain spot a a donkey there. I want you to grab him. Uh, And here's what you say, because somebody's probably going to think you're stealing that donkey, right? What are you doing with that donkey? Say the Lord needs it, and you bring that donkey back to me. Now, Mark doesn't say who those two disciples might be. You know what my best guess is? James and John. James and John. Why? Because just a few hours before this, what are they asking Jesus? Hey, Jesus, look, can I sit on your left and my brother sit on your right when you inherit the kingdom? In other words, can we be cabinet members since we've done you all these favors these past three years, right? And can you imagine James and John, or whoever really, because they were all arguing about who's the greatest, who had to do the donkey detail? Go around, walk up, go walk into the city, grab it, watch your step here on the stall, and grab this old nasty beast and lead him back to the olive grove where Jesus was. Can you imagine it? Want to be great, says Jesus, you go fetch a donkey, okay? Because that's what it means to follow me. The most unromantic form of ministry, mucking around in a stable, trying to wrestle this untamed beast, and there they are. And I bet they wondered, whoever they were, is this why I quit fishing for this kind of work? You know, I thought it was going to be more fabulous than this. You know, I thought it was going to be good. You know, we're going to get a reward? Where's my gold, Jesus? Where's my reward? Ah, I got your reward. You go get a donkey. Donkey detail is a big part of our discipleship. Sometimes we think about following Jesus in the most kind of flattering, romantic ways, right? But it always comes down to who is willing to do the donkey detail. Who's willing to be a donkey fetcher, you know? That is what so much of church life and discipleship is all about. Donkey details about cooking a casserole and freezing it for somebody who may get sick. 
Donkey Detail is about a crazy youth fundraiser, right, for an auction where all the youth get together, right, and they're trying to raise money for things in the future, seeing a, just a worn-out Wes Ingram at the end of the day because he knows he's, you know, it's one thing to send a whole bunch of kids, you know, across the country doing something. It's another thing to raise the money and get ready for it. That's the donkey detail. But you know what? If that doesn't happen, our youth don't go. Our youth don't go. So much of the ministry is donkey detail. Donkey detail maybe involve, might involve visiting a shut-in who doesn't remember your name. Or walking into someone's darkness and grief when you don't know what to say. You see, you can't be fabulous and graceful if you're willing to go where Jesus wants you to go. In fact, many times you've got to be vulnerable. And you walk in going, oh God, I, I feel like I'm just riding in on a donkey. Hey, we had a lot of fun with the title of this, by the way. There's a lot of other ways you could say, I'm not going to share any of it. Uh, but, uh, but sometimes you feel like a donkey, right? And so many times when you, you know, be careful when you ask God to use me. Be careful when you ask Jesus to use you for something. Because it's never going to be quite what you expected Sometimes it's just going to seem too boring and not shiny and flashy enough. But you know what? When it's not shiny and when it's not flashy, you're probably closer to Jesus Christ than you think you are. And if it is flashy and shiny, you may be a little bit further from Jesus than you think you are. So what kind of donkey detail is Jesus calling you to do? What is the meaning of this donkey? Well... It, they're, they're, each of the four groups kind of have a different uh, take on it a little bit. They're, they're all beautiful and true, but, they, but they're emphasizing different things. Matthew is the Jewish gospel. The audience is Jewish, and so Matthew goes back and draws back in the memory, the Jewish memory of what happens after a war when there is peacetime and it is time to extend the olive branch. And what happens then? It's in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, Matthew and John quote that. Mark's audience is, it very well may not be Jewish. Luke's audience is mixed. And so... Maybe they don't need um, the kind of uh, uh, referencing back to the, um, to the Hebrew Bible as maybe the others do. But this is a fulfillment of Scripture in beautiful and amazing ways. But it's kind of like the disciples, they don't get it. They don't get it because they're excited. You see, when people wave palms in the first century, it is an act of revolution. Now today, nobody's going to arrest us after the service for waving this, fly, this, this. But I guarantee you, if anybody in Jerusalem during Passover in the first century is caught waving one of these, they're going to get in a lot of trouble. It was sort of their flag of a revolution. The Roman Empire will not defeat us, kind of like Leslie said. We are going to finally defeat the earthly king and put our own king in. So it was an act of of revolution and 
Um, but it wasn't kind of revolution that they were thinking, right? They were thinking some political takeover, and it, and, and it wasn't that. It did threaten the leaders of the day, otherwise they would not have put Jesus away, right? But it was a different kind of revolution. So discipleship is about donkey detail. Second thing, discipleship is about disappointing others. Man, this is the hardest thing in the world to, uh, to get your, your head around. But, it, but it's so true. Um, it's about disappointment. I can't be anybody else's Jesus, and neither can you. I can't be somebody's Messiah. I can be a little Christ to somebody else, but I can't save other people. But I do, I do, I do believe that following Jesus, God can do something through me to make a difference in other people's lives. But following Jesus many times means being faithful to Jesus and, like I said, being very, very vulnerable. Um, one modern sage of our day is uh, Oprah Winfrey. and She's got a lot of great quotes. I saw this one on uh, Twitter this, this week, and I like it. She says, Do not think you can be brave with your life and your work and never disappoint anyone. It doesn't work that way. Every one of those disciples that we were a little bit or maybe a lot disappointed in Jesus, it wasn't in their script or it wasn't their script of the Jesus, the Messiah, to just yield to the leaders and to give himself up and empty himself to die. They did not want a dead king. They wanted one who was healthy and alive and vibrant. Creativity and living fully requires our vulnerability because that's where the power was in Jesus' life, to become vulnerable for us and for the world. It's, disappoint it's disappointment. You know, in Mark, Jesus' high mark in his popularity was where? It was real early in the gospel. He was healing people, and it said, Mark's gospel said, people were taking sick people and bringing him to, to be healed left and right. Man, he was so popular. But something happens. He starts to talk about sacrifice. He starts to talk about empty him, him, himself. He, he starts to talk about the dark doom of, of trouble. And even some of his followers said, this stuff is much too difficult. I, I can't follow this guy. And they began to walk away. So by the time he walked into Jerusalem, he was sort of at the low ebb of his um, uh, popularity. Each, uh, and so people walk away. People want to quit. But somehow Jesus shows us this. He shows us that disappointment doesn't have to be the last word. That that's the good news. That even in the disappointment of life, that that donkey can handle that donkey can handle, has given us everything. Everything that donkey has carried into Jerusalem is all we need, is all the world needs. Because that donkey was carrying a Savior who was okay with disappointing people for, for a time. To be faithful to God, to give of himself. Jesus is enough. We are enough because of that. Disappointing others. It would take a few weeks for his disciples to get it, but one day they would. Jesus' kingdom is about the irony of that donkey. The donkey was carrying on wobbly legs 
The very kingdom of love. And this is our third thing. You don't need a stallion or a horse ushering the kind of kingdom this king is bringing into the world. Now, in England, uh, there, uh, back in the like, 6th or 7th uh, century was when Christianity sort of came into the England. Have you ever heard of Iona? You ever heard of Iona? It's actually in Scotland, right? Okay, good. I was almost going to say Ireland, Scotland. It was in Scotland, and, it's just a, it, was just a, and, and, and it was this monastery. And, and there was this guy who, uh, uh, the, the head of the monastery said, look, the king of Northumbria in northern, what is northern England needs somebody to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this guy volunteered, or maybe he didn't volunteer, he was picked, but what, one way or another, he went down there. They gave him a horse, a big, tall horse, so he could ride all over England and share the gospel of Christ about two months later, that dude came back to Iona and said, I quit. Those people are barbarians. And, uh, and then there was another guy named Bede who said, you know what? Um, I, I wouldn't give up so quickly on those barbarians. Maybe, maybe they need a different approach. Maybe we need to share with them love instead of, you know, all this other stuff. And you know how, like, when you're in a committee meeting and you make a suggestion that sometimes you get chosen to carry it out? That's exactly what happened. Bede goes down to England. They give him a nice tall horse. And you know what the first thing he did? He gave it away. And he said, you can't share the gospel of Jesus Christ from on top of a horse. And I think about that donkey. Because, you know, donkeys aren't real tall. Jesus' feet might have almost been dragging on the ground as it was wobbling him in there. But the kingdom, and the last D word is discipleship is about divine love. That's, that's our destiny. Nobody thought about a king on a donkey, really. But Jesus would teach us that love empties itself, kenotic, kenosis is the Greek word that Paul uses. Love empties itself upon the world. And that donkey would take Jesus as far as it could Jesus was stripped of his donkey. He was stripped of his clothes. His back was exposed to his very enemies. He was nailed to a cross. He didn't say, Father, smite them, for they know exactly what they're doing. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, because they have no clue what they're doing. The disciples weren't quite close enough to even notice what was going on. But later on, later on, and I don't want to give the story away, but later on, even after they took him from his very last breath, he would appear back to them. And that would be the day that they realized that love is vindicated. And really all you need in life, you can carry on one donkey if you know what that's all about. What was the purpose of that donkey? The donkey detail is a good thing. If most of the things you do in this life as a Christian and follower of Jesus is not going to make the front pages. It's going to be those little things where you notice Jesus Christ in your midst. That will be your donkey moment and your donkey detail. And the second thing is that disappointing others is going to be part of your discipleship. You can't make everybody happy. 
Because if Jesus couldn't make everybody happy, you sure can't, right? Even when the kids were up here coming up with their pom-poms, you see that? It was beautiful because, um, Whitney, where are you? No, uh, yeah, yeah. I, thank you so much for your son helping me out with my sermon today. But there they were, and they were all there. But he was a little unhappy. I, he needed his mom, all right? Is that probably why? Yeah, that's right. But that, that's, you know, sometimes life is going to be disappointing. Sometimes you're going to be disappointing. But, like, your main goal is not to please everybody in this world. It is to be faithful to Jesus Christ's love. The third point, that is, that donkey can teach us about divine destiny. Your divine destiny is the love of Christ. Just do what I do, says Jesus. Trust, or better yet, trust me to do it through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you saw on Facebook, and I have it. It's, a, it's an article over there, and I left it, so, and, but I'm, I'm going to be quick about this. But it's, I never thought I would see this in a popular mechanics magazine. See, we preachers, we try to do everything we can to kind of keep our minds kind of growing. And I, I, I'm the last person you would pick who would be a su subscriber to popular mechanics, right? I could just ask Jen, uh, handyman, I am not, okay? Uh, donkey details sometimes, but not, not real good at the handyman. So... Um, the editor talks about this puppy, and I kind of like the donkey. It's like, what, is, what, what about this puppy? And he talks about growing up and about his mama saying, you cannot have a puppy. No. And one time he walked by, and somebody thought it would be a good idea to hand an unaccompanied 11-year-old a cat. So he took it home, and he and his brother taking care of the cat. And then he starts talking about buying this puppy. So I'm cool. It is called Silliness is the title of the editor's article in Popular Mechanics. It talks about pee on the, in the carpet, you know, poop on the floor. It talks about, uh, he said, I've heard that puppies are easier than babies, but babies wear diapers, right? And uh, babies don't bark at 2 a.m., you know, and so he's talking about this. But then he said, oh, my goodness, puppies are the best. Even when you trip over your puppy, you know, uh, you might even chew him out in the morning before and spill your coffee, but that puppy's just going to lick you in the face. You know, and love you. And I'm thinking, well, where is he going with this? Finally, he said, sometimes it's hard having a puppy, but it's easy when you see this floppy puppy sitting next to your son who has cancer. And when you see your son's face smile, then you know it's easy. I just thought about that donkey. I thought about Jesus. Because you know what? That donkey walked into our world carrying love, reminding us that maybe it looked hard, but I bet Jesus would say, because of the world I so love, it was the easiest thing I ever did. Let me love you. Let's get after donkey detail. And be okay with what Jesus calls us to do. Will you pray with me? Oh God, what a week. What a week. The week that started out in shouting, we know is going to end or continue on a cross. God, help us to get to next Easter. Help us not to skip some of the hard parts of Thursday and Friday of this week. Help us to remember 
Jesus, that you're not a victim, but you gladly gave your life so that this world might be fully revealed of your goodness and your wholeness and your dying and undying love for us and for this world. God bless us, O Lord, on our donkey detail. In your name we pray.